welcome to another episode of Paranormal, The New Normal. I'm your host as always, Jeremy, and here to make the world seem a little more normal, and tonight, that's kind of going to happen, but I am so excited because my guest this week is my first ever returning guest, and she was actually my fifth guest ever way back in April, end of April, May, somewhere around there, but... She said she wanted to come back on when her next book released, and I was looking forward to it for the last eight months. So, my guest this tonight is Eleanor Wagner, author, podcaster, multi-podcaster like myself, and just all-around amazing person in the paranormal field. How are you doing tonight, Eleanor? Great. Thank you so much for having me back on. It's good to see you again, Jeremy. Great to see you as well. I. Always happy to have any guests back on, just usually. Usually a busy schedule, but as soon as you messaged me about it, I was like, oh, I will make time this week for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate that. Of course. So, you're back on. I don't have to ask the same questions I always did. Because you've you answered them already. Go back to that episode, folks, if you want to hear the answers to the usual questions. But let's talk about your new book, part three, I believe, right? Yeah, Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena, Part 3. If you remember, last year I had stopped and I had written a book called Warren County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena. And I had so many stories left over from Sussex County, I figured I'd write the final and third book for Sussex County and get it up and out of the way. So this particular book features a whole chapter on reincarnation, which I'm blown away by all the people that came out to tell me their stories, both old and young. And I talk about ghost stories from around other parts of New Jersey and ghost stories from around the country. So I've kind of opened up that, um, that, that option to talking about other things that are haunting around the world and the country. And I'm open to all ghost stories that are true accounts for anyone who wants to share. Yes, please share because I have her first three books and they are amazing. Thank you. Many, many good nights when my wife wouldn't let me have the TV remote. I sat there reading them. So <laughs> I always say it's not such a good idea to read them at night because some of the stories might keep you awake. But <laughs> nah, I can, I can watch the, I can watch the bloodiest horror movies like Saw and Hostel and Sleep Like oh, a Baby. You're one of those, huh? Oh God, no! I'll be looking, lurking, looking at things lurking in the corner, <laughs> even though I'm a paranormal investigator and I'm in my own house. And I've watched something that's frightening on TV. I still have a hard time. Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I know there are spirits in my house. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't bother me one bit. Like, I'm actually working. In the, I'm in the process of trying to get them cleansed out of the house. But just so, I don't know. Weird things happen in the garage, and I can't explain it. And whatever it is, I did a test I was told to by a paranormal investigator. And it likes whiskey, whatever it is. Oh, okay, well, it could be somebody that's attached to the land who mm -hmm. likes the whiskey. I mean, usually it's like a miner or, you know, something that was there on that property for a long time ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, we believe that what, we believe it's the 90-something-year-old man who lived in that house until shortly before he died. Okay, could be, yeah. Have you tried sage in the house, Jeremy? Have you gotten some sage? No, I haven't because I heard a Native American on another podcast saying that unless you are gifted the sage by a friend or neighbor or you grow it yourself, you shouldn't do that. 
you shouldn't go buy it because that just makes it ineffective. Okay, well then, then it wouldn't have worked for me then, and I'm not, I'm not an expert in it, and I use it all the time. <laughs> in I fact, mean, when, um, when I first started paranormal investigating, <clears throat> I really didn't take protective measures to, to not bring anything home with me, and I did bring stuff home with me, and I started having, um, not, not, I don't want to say night terrors, but so, sort of like being awoken in that respect, and so I got the sage that was recommended to me and did the routine that I was told to do. And then after that, um, my daughter was having the same stuff happen to her. So I, I made sure I did the whole salting too. It's like when you go around with the sage through the house and then you um, salt the outside perimeter of your home. And then it, it stopped after that. So I made sure from that point on I was wearing protective stones and um, protective oils and saying you know the necessary verbiage that you need when you first go in and you when you go out so that nothing follows you home of course there's never a guarantee but that usually works like 90 percent of the time i've found so yeah i mean i've had it's a, it's just the one spirit i believe but we're not positive i mean we've i've had multiple people on this show that like are mediums and psychics and they some of them have said they can sense it like remotely like just by honing mm -hmm. in on where i am and that they say they say the garage is hard to breathe in when they're in there. It's like something's really just taking up the space. I wonder if that's where he hung out with, like, what, that was his workplace, his like workshop kind of thing when he was alive or something. I, based on how he Mickey Mouse the house and how the garage looks, I would 100% guess that. And she and she said like she asked me like was he into like antique old cars or anything like that, and I'm like I. I'm like, there was a nice Beamer sitting in the driveway when we bought the house. But other than that, like, oh, okay. I have no idea. Hmm. So, I mean, I, that's the only thing I can think of be is him just puttering around the garage. And my wife will sometimes see something at night, like walking back and forth in the driveway. So going back. Have you, ever put, have you had like a, a, a like a, say, a security camera or put anything out to see if you could catch it? My wife wants a security camera. I just have want to spend the money on it yet like it's just oh because you'd be surprised what you could catch on them it's it's amazing <laughs> mm. yeah i mean it's we should really i don't know i'm just looking to get him cleansed out at this point he needs to move on and go where he needs to go but it's it's so interesting to me that you your new book can have a reincarnation section because I'm a huge propon yeah. proponent and like lover of reincarnation for anybody who listens to this show. They know that like I bring it up with people all the time, but you know, when I, I when to... I start delving into a topic like that, when I, when I take something new like that, I really like research it to, to the point of I've researched it like crazy and, and I'll, I'll read all sorts of books on it and, and learn about it. And then I'll, I'll, I'll do that like introduction and explaining to people who are not familiar with whatever the topic is to fill them in on it and have some backup information and facts and then i go into telling the true account stories and I, this time i got a woman who shared with me about her her five-year-old child who is telling her about his previous life and how he died and that she's not his first mommy which is really cool because you, you know it's for people to come out of the woodwork and share these stories with you it's very rare you know what i'm saying 
And then um, the other story is from my boss at the Paranormal UK. He He's sharing his reincarnation stories. Um, there's some really pretty cool stories in there. And, and it just, because I've had my own um, feelings about reincarnation. I've had my own dreams about reincarnation. I've had past life regressions myself. So um, it was definitely a topic I wanted to cover. And I was very appreciative to the people that shared their stories with me. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of kids before that, like, they can remember things that they shouldn't be able to remember, like, one was an expert on World War II fighter planes, and it's like, how would a four, five-year-old be an expert on that in the 90s or 80s, whenever exactly. it was? Like, that's just, it's exactly. unlikely, and it's amazing. Or, I mean, the famous story of the little girl in India who remembered where her husband from her previous life lived. And she actually went to the house and was able to tell them what, tell the, the guy that lived there who was her husband at one point, like when they built things, when they did a renovation on the house, like it was incredible. You, you, you know that in India, they are very, very open-minded about reincarnation. It's a huge part of their lives and they believe it and nurture it in their children. And if they're able to reconnect with previous life previous life family members they do it and they actually include them in their present lives it's really really cool the way the way they handle reincarnation whereas in the united states people are more fearful of that but i think it's changing i think now people are becoming more receptive to things having to do with reincarnation and the truth of it and believing it if someone comes out with information, especially if the facts can be um, verified. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, some of the stories I've heard are just so freaking incredible. Reincarnation, and it's one of my favorite topics, honestly, in the paranormal world, spiritual world, whatever you want to call it. Yes. So, what other top? I mean, what other topics does your book cover besides the? usual haunting stories. Well, of course, it, it, you, know, it... you know, I live in Sussex County, New Jersey. So this book is part three of, of the Sussex County Hauntings True Accounts. One and two, are, they're all different true account stories. There's no location that I've written about twice. So this is a whole slew of new stories that have not been written about before. And um, what else do I talk, talk about? More visits from deceased loved ones since that was so well received by the public that they really liked to hear the stories of um, people getting visits from their deceased loved ones and, and those very uh, moving stories and messages that they received. So I wrote a whole chapter on that again. And because I've had people come from all over the country and all over the world with stories, some of them are so good, I don't want to turn them away. So that's why I opted to write chapters on other parts of New Jersey and other parts of the country and other parts of the world because the stories were too good to turn away. But that, you know, it worked out good. I think I told you the last time that I was going to put that other strange phenomena chapter in there and I'm glad that I did because now I can write about UFOs. I can write about Bigfoot. I can write about uh, premonitions, which will be out in the next book. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Evening, Waza. Glad to have you watching us tonight. Another, another original um, guest from the first ten or fifteen episodes uh, of the UK. It's 
interesting stories from him too. I'm sure I got I gotta get back on yeah. soon to see what else he's been up to investigating lately. But paranormal but investigating? Oh yeah, yeah. He investig he told me about a church he investigated in the UK the last time that was freaking such a fascinating story. Like it was I don't wanna give away secrets that people can hear in other episodes, but it's it involves a shag or black dog and it's very, very interesting. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I mean anything anything like that is just amazing. So I gotta get you back on Waza, definitely do. So, but you piqued my interest because, well, one, okay, people are interested in like everything you said in that statement, but premonitions. I've been, I've been having premonitions since I was a kid. But they so were did always... I. So did I. I. I had them when I was really young, and they they could be something as simple as knowing I was going to buy something down the line and what it was and what it looked like to something really horrible happening and. My mom used to just say, because they came to me in dreams, she would say to me, oh, it was just a dream. Oh, it was just a nightmare. And so I never really thought much about it. And then one, um, I had something really, really bad happen. And it happened in real life then after it was in this dream premonition. And mom, of course, said it was a nightmare. And then when it came true, it freaked me out. So I think I kind of shut down or stifled whatever gift of premonition I had at that point. And um, I, I think I even mentioned to you the last time that I just shut down altogether until I was 30 when stuff started coming back to me. But I never got the gift of premonition again. And I don't know if that's a gift or a curse, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely slowed down for me in recent years. I mean, maybe it's because I smoke weed now and I maybe it's because drinking too, I don't know, but. <laughs> But when I was like in middle school, high school, it would be the stupidest premonitions ever of just conversations that will happen three, four weeks down the road, a month later. And it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's that conversation. Not even my conversations, random people's conversations. And I'll just be like, why is this so familiar? Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I'll be like, wait a minute. I dreamt about this like a weeks ago. What the mm. hell? I'm like, why can't it be lottery taking numbers or something? Come on. Something good. But, yeah, so premonitions were part of my life for a long time, and they never amounted to anything, but it was just weirdness, like deja vu over and over again. Yeah, yeah, but, it's kind of like a deja vu moment. Exactly. Which I don't know if that's how you felt. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so weird when it happens. It's, like, for the longest time until you get used to it, and then right when I started getting used to it, it stopped happening. I was like, okay whatever <laughs> never did me any good anyway but the next the other thing you said that piqued my interest was bigfoot because you know I yeah, love well, me that's, why, Jersey, that's, bigfoot. that's why i wrote the other strange phenomena chapters in the book because when i was writing the very first one the first book it was only supposed to be sussex county hauntings and then people were messaging me with their Bigfoot stories and their UFO stories. So they're not necessarily ghostly stories, but they were really, really good. And it was about my county. So I said, well, how am I going to get these stories into the book? So I added the other strange phenomena chapters. And I was really glad that I did because that really has opened up a, a whole world of other topics for me to talk about. I still write about Bigfoot because I have those chapters. So when people come to me with more Bigfoot stories, I add them because of that. 
UFO stories, the same. And I was able to write about the near-death experiences in the Warren County book and visits from deceased loved ones or when people were with their loved ones at their time of death. And like I said, I did reincarnation this time and will be doing premonitions. And I have a whole slew of other topics like interdimensional um, stuff and mm. um, astral projection. These are all things that I want to write about but wouldn't normally be able to do if I didn't have the other strange phenomena chapters added to the to the books themselves, you know? Let me ask you, have you ever talked or worked with uh, Mike Familant? Familant, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, Mike Familant. He lives in Sussex County, yeah. In fact, he's, yeah. he's been on paranormal investigations with my group in the past. So um, oh, okay. I actually... Um, I'm going to be interviewing him in November. We did an interview together and the internet messed up the whole recording. So he and I have to redo it again in the next um, month or so. But he is in the first book. I wrote about him in, in my oh, first okay. book because of his whole history with Bigfoot and experiences with Bigfoot and having founded his group and his page and all that stuff. He's really got some good background in the Bigfoot arena i'm sorry i didn't quite catch that oh siri is talking to me again? sorry siri <laughs> does that happen just automatically by itself like that <laughs> oh oh god yeah siri's like a, siri's a haunted device come on now that's never happened to me before oh my goodness that is so strange <laughs> sorry no it's all good well i mean the reason i asked is because mike was on my podcast back his episode released back in september and he, and I, I just thought of it. I was talking to you. I'm like, oh yeah, Mike's from Sussex County, and yeah, it's all mm -hmm. like it's all big red eye like thing that he, yes, which I never knew about that about New Jersey Sasquatches that they ha have glowing red eyes sometimes. Like I never heard that until I talked to him. Yeah, but so I, I'm like I have to. I was like I have to mention him and see if she's worked with him before because if not, I could say oh, something yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's right. he's like he's he's a, he's a big part of that Bigfoot chapter in in the first book. Yeah. Uh, I see. I read it. I just must not put two together. That's weird. See. <laughs> but yeah, I should have. So, any interesting Bigfoot stories that stick out from the new one that you can give us a hint on? Well, you know what? It it's it's strange because you know that there have been stories that have been over the years, but you don't know them until people come and share them with you. And I do have people that come that are, are still living there, you know, in their seventies and their eighties that have come to me and said, Oh, when I was a kid in the sixties or when I was a kid in the seventies, this is what happened and, and that's how I end up getting stories from back then, although I have had more recent accounts that have occurred um like one that happened in 2019 and the other one i think happened around 2019 2022 so um people are still experiencing bigfoot here in sussex county i would i mean not surprising because bigfoot is still seen everywhere basically still it's yeah. like a it's, it's not gonna stop until people nope. admit that it's a real creature that they need to acknowledge Instead Absolutely. Of, instead of keep them to be like a tabloid thing. But, I mean, I've heard so many stories about Sasquatch in the last couple months that it's just been like, why can't they come in? Why can't they? It's just so sad. But maybe next time there's a major pandemic, they'll admit, think with that time instead of UFOs. 
but I don't know. But you did mention UFOs as well, which that's that's the, that's the, the first thing. As soon as you said UFOs, I was like, ooh, I love me some East Coast they, UFOs. There have been um, one of my team members, um, R. Peterson, he lives uh, up in the mountains, and he just recently got some good video footage of um, UFO lights in the sky on the mountain where he lives. So, you know, they're out there. If you're looking for them, you can see them more more than you think. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. wife swears she sees them all the time around her house and stuff too. When she's outside on the front porch, like she'll she says she'll see something in the air and just it's it's not a plane. I mean, we live near a private airport, but still, it's not a plane. And it's just they'll sit there, and then after a while, they just gone like canvas within like a blink of an eye, they're just gone into space. It's weird. Yeah. So I mean, Massachusetts is a big UFO spot though, so it, it's expect it's kind of expected. Sometimes yeah, I'm I, the dogs we, the, we I, just I um, the my daughter and I just watched um you said Massachusetts, right? Yes I did. We just we just watched a really great episode on unsolved mysteries about the Berkshires back in the sixties. Mm -hmm. And um just crazy that that whole town experienced it in that night and a lot of them had missing time and no explanation for that missing time. I actually have a coworker who swears that she missed time and after she came back and realized she'd lost the time, she's had medical issues ever since. So that's kind of crazy. Not as crazy as you may think. Okay, this echo is driving me crazy, I'm just saying, but um, my wife, ever since she was a child, swear she's been abducted and some nights like i'll go to bed before her and she'll come into bed like at three four in the morning and she'll be like i just lost two hours of time and i have no idea how like mm. i was really just sitting there in the front porch smoking a cigarette next thing i know i look at my look at my phone and next thing i know it's two hours later and i was not there the whole whole time just standing there like there's no way so it's weird i mean she swears by in her sister when she was a kid used to say she used to wake up in the middle of the night and she'd go everywhere and look for her and she wouldn't be able to find her. So she'd go back to bed and then the next morning she'd be in her bed. Hmm. So it's it's weird. I mean, the missing time thing definitely happens. I believe it. I've had people on the show who have been abducted. I actually had a person on my show named Russ Kellett from the UK who he does a podcast now, but he was abducted by aliens multiple times to according to him, fighting an alien army mm. on a planet, which, I mean, the story is fascinating. It's one of the most listened to episodes because it's such a amazing story. I mean, and he believes he's telling the truth. He 100% he believes this is what happened to him. He has drawings he does and everything else, too, where he draws the creatures that make him fight an army with other races. Wow. So it's, I mean... True or not, it's just an amazing story, and it was fascinating as hell to listen to and ask about. Hmm. But, yeah, it's just, I mean, let me ask you this. Have you ever come across anybody giving you a story about mirrored men? About what? Mirrored men. Mirrored men. Spell it, the first word. Mirror, E-D. Oh, like a mirror, like you're looking into a mirror. Mirrored men? No. 
That is the first time I've ever heard anything like that. All right. I'm not, I mean, I'm honestly not too surprised because it's a lesser known phenomenon, but it's growing. People are coming forward with their stories after this, like, got a name. And now it's kind of a bigger thing. But we, we were talking about missing time, so that's why I came to my head. Because yeah. mirrored, men, mirrored men are usually three humanoid male figures, walk, usually male figures, walking in complete synchronization. And people will see them usually late at night looking out their windows of their house. Or sometimes there's been stories in the woods as well. But but it, once you see them, like people lose eight, nine hours of time once they see them and they have no idea what happens. It's just the strangest thing. Oh, my God. That's and, creepy. Ooh, I'd rather, I'd rather go ghost hunting than see mirrored men. <laughs> have you heard I about mean, the black-eyed it, children? Oh, God, yes. Um, We did an episode about them actually on my discussion podcast, Global Strangers. It was a fun topic to focus on for that episode. I mean, it's more of an urban legend, but I feel like they have to exist somewhat. I mean, there's too many stories of people like seeing them and dealing with them that it's just not true. Like it can't, it can't not be true. People wouldn't mass make this up across the world. You know, I read, I read an article online about. Um, a couple that actually let them in and they ended up getting really sick and I'm talking like cancer, radiation shit going on. So, yes, uh, I, it's kind of weird. I mean, I, I have heard, I have heard stories about like people who let them in too and it's never good. Like, they, like their husband or wife will die shortly after or it just, it just gets bad. It gets really bad and Part of me, I don't know what they are, I mean, but we also, we had a comment when we were doing the episode about it, asking us if we heard about white-eyed children, who supposedly control the black-eyed white children. White-eyed? Yeah. Really? Huh. I mean, it, it was creepy, and Waz actually adds, there's some, there's Native American stories about children oh, with black eyes Oh, there's Waza, well, there's some so. Native American stories about children with black eyes. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've heard some pretty crazy stories but that i that's something i didn't hear about either i haven't heard about that one either i mean how much maybe i have i don't honestly know i forgot because i mean well the the mirrored men the reason i bring the reason i brought that up is because it comes from monsters among us podcast that's where it got big and he did a whole special Derek case who's been on my show as well has done he did a whole special dedicated to mirrored men like stories and a lot of it was like in the 90s and early 2000s. Like it was just people calling, remembering stuff when they were kids and then like they'd lose the whole night. Like they'd be, they'd be staring out their bedroom window and they would still be staring out at, at like next day, like at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. And it was like 10 or 11 when they were looking out their window. It's creepy. It's so creepy. Well, so, I think that the first... I mean, story about the black eyed children was reported by an actual news reporter. He was in his vehicle randomly stopped at I think at a laundromat or something. Don't quote me on that, but he was just out and about in his vehicle when he was approached by these black eyed children and he had this this guarded intuition that told him to just you know not 
give them any attention because there was just something off about them. Even though they looked like they were children, there was just something not right about them and that he needed to fight as quickly as he could to not give in to opening the door and letting them in. And he swears, I can't remember the guy's name, but he swears, yeah, Ashley, Lee, uh, Ashley Hal, they are really interesting. But in this particular instance, he said um, that he felt that if he had given in and allowed them into the car, he probably would have went missing and people wouldn't have been able to find him or been killed or something as drastic as that. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like one of my, one of my favorite rappers, uh, a guy named Boondocks, he actually did a song about Black Eyed Children. Like that's how widespread oh, really? there are. There's actually multiple artists who have done songs about Black Eyed Children, like metal artists and rappers. Like there's a, a lot of artists out there that have done songs. Really? About oh, I didn't know that. I know that there was recently a movie out about it, but you know, it's just movies about yeah. entertainment, so I wouldn't trust it too much as long as it scares you. I guess that's the main oh. thing. And I think there's actually exactly. a, a comic book series based on Black Eyed Children too, from what I understand. But I, you know, I'm, I'm more about I'm more about trying to get a hold of the true account stories from people. That to me is more scary than an actual it, film. You know what I mean? It seems to happen in big cities, like in big. It seems to happen in big cities and very urban areas. Like that seems to be where the stories come from a majority of the time. From what I've heard, and, and I mean, I've heard stories where people are going up to like a kid who's homeless, like sitting in the middle of like a busy intersection, and he'll just be sitting there. And they go over and like they try to talk to him, he doesn't answer, he doesn't respond, and then they go look at his face, and it's just pure black eyes. And mm. he's just he, like, and they keep and like they were they were about to like take him with them and like try to help him, but I've heard I feel, I feel like. like that. I feel like it's like that hitchhiker moment. You know what I mean? Like you're in the car and you see this person hitchhiking and you're like, should I stop or shouldn't I? Like, should I let them in? Shouldn't I let them in? And then you know that in, inner voice is telling you, don't friggin' let them in. But somehow that yeah, you, you're not. tempted to pull over and actually open up the door. Because you feel bad because it's a child and they're saying they need help. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. It's just, I don't know. I just, I feel like they're a real thing. And now it's the white-eyed children I want to know more about. But they're I, so. I've never heard of that, that before. I've never even heard of that before. There, there was so much, so many things I'm hearing about now that I never even knew about before that I'm learning about now. Well, they're lesser-known things. They're not the big. Yeah, they really are. I'm sure. Like cryptids. I mean. It's just, I don't know, if they're, we didn't, we didn't hear about it either to that show we did, and the people commenting out were like, oh yeah, white-eyed children, they control black-eyed kids, I'm like, what? What's this then? <laughs> like, is this? For real? <laughs> is this some kind of, is this some kind of like shadow society of uh, creepy people? Like, I, the Illuminati, it's the Illuminati, it has to be. Do you think uh, it's extraterrestrial? Mirrored men, I think, may definitely be extraterrestrial. Black eye kids, I, I mean, black eyes by all supernatural lore and everything else mean demonic. What do you think, Waza? I'd I like to know yeah. what your opinion is. 
We got one watcher still, whether it's Waza or Ashley, I don't know who it is, but... Well, Waza, I mean, Waza was talking to us about the Native American black-eyed kids. He was the one who told us yeah. that um, he heard about Native Americans. Ashley was saying how she just found the stories interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm saying I don't know. I don't know who the one person is watching anymore. We've had multiple people watching in and out for the whole show. It's it's been a it's been a good reception. To, yeah, I actually appreciate it for my watchers. But oh but yeah, I, have I, to lo- ask I love to thing. interact uh, with the the audience. It makes the show so much better when you can do that, rather than just two people talking. I mean, no matter how interesting the conversation is, the con comments may think of things I didn't think of to ask and that's what I love about it. Yeah, me too. Which, then I slap, then I slap myself in the back of the head like, why didn't you think of that? But, <laughs> but of course, I mean, I think I asked you this last time, but I'm well, mainly for the new book and the Jersey Devil sightings. No, I don't have anything. But, you know, to me, when, when I write about Bigfoot, Bigfoot and the New Jersey Devil in New Jersey are really considered the same thing. They, um, they're they one and the same. It's just that in different parts of the country and the world, they they uh, describe this Bigfoot creature in, in different ways. Some In other places, it's... Um, Sasquatch and other places it's the abominable snowman it just it's the way they interpret it and where they are um yeah they say that ours has red eye but I've also heard red eye in other places as well so it's just that it's been known to be called in areas in New Jersey as the big red eye and other people interpret it as Bigfoot so as I mentioned to you earlier whenever I do get a story about Bigfoot I do include it in my books um but in this particular edition that came out um there's two bigfoot stories yeah one that took place in wantage and one that took place in uh i think it was bergen county off the top of my head um but yeah there are bigfoot stories but it's not like a whole chapter like i had in the first book there's Waz's answer. He said, yeah. what's interesting is yeah. the questions they ask to get in the house, like, we can use your telegram. It's like they can get that time period right. It's true, Waza, but they also say that there's a slight differentiation. Like, they, they, they're dressed for the time frame, but they're not dressed for the time frame. Like, there's always something that's off that's just not right. And that's what makes the person second guess whether they should let those beings into their residence yeah it's it's funny the rap song i mentioned the course of it is actually Lisa, won't you let me in oh really i i never knew rappers did that kind of stuff oh oh uh, rap certain rappers and in industries i like like horrorcore they love anything paranormal aliens are mentioned constantly I haven't really heard Bigfoot references. I don't know why, but actually, maybe one or two, like just a name drop. But it's interesting. I'm sure and if see, I don't any, anything that's going to be scary, something that's going to be different and new and scary. They're going to hop on, right? Eh, sometimes. I mean, they they usually stick to more horror movie ideas than actual cryptid ideas. But but it's. It's funny because I don't picture Jersey Devil and the Sasquatch being the same thing. Because Jersey Devil has such an interesting backstory and such different um, 
like common signs when people see them compared to Sasquatch? Well, I've had I've had you know people who have told me stories that are um, state park rangers. You get a lot of hunters, um, mm-hmm. and you've had actual police officers. You know, people that you know you wouldn't expect to have stories, but they come out with them. Yeah, it's crazy that like, well, I mean, hunters you kind of expect though. I mean, because yeah, most they're of the missing, the woods. yeah. Most of the most of the missing four one one that you hear about in documentaries are hunters, right? Which I mean, that's a whole nother topic because I mean, what do you think about that though? Like, have you seen the maps on Facebook where like it lines the hunters that are like the missing four one one people up with like the cave systems on the east and west coast? Mm-hmm. Like, do you find that weird at all or creepy that like what was in those cave? Yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, I I don't know. It kind of lends credence to the hollow earth theory, in my opinion. The what theory? Hollow earth. Oh, hollow earth. Okay. That the idea the idea that there's these massive cave systems that could be leading to kind of like a cryptid den for a lot of different cryptids. You know, I wouldn't put it past that, that, that there's something like that. I mean, here in Sussex County, we have uh, what we call un- underground tunnels. And they go from one area of New Jersey to another area of ter- New Jersey. And there were branches all over the place. And under main towns, they used to actually use them for um, storage. And people from one side of the town would walk wow. to the other side of the town in the hottest days of the summer because it was cooler down there. So... They're accessible. I mean, nowadays they've closed off a lot of them because they've had accidents where people got lost in them. But hey, if they're here in Sussex County, they can be anywhere. Exactly. And I actually had a paranormal investigator and podcaster from Pennsylvania on my show named Lon Strickler. I don't know if you heard of him. No. Oh, he's he does a. He does a weekly broadcast or multi, multiple time weekly broadcast called Phantoms and Monsters Radio. Oh, he's okay. A, he's a brilliant man, but he he was on my show and he he said that like dogmen live in mines in Pennsylvania. That's where their bases are, kind of like their their homes. Huh. And he even had reports of dragons around the mines in Pennsylvania. Wow. Which, I mean. The whole it just lends creates the idea that these cave systems may be where Sasquatch have been living for so long on the east and west coast. Harboring, harboring, yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? And like mm-hmm. Bigfoot, Dogman, Rakes, and Pale. It would take a paranormal investigation team of huge number, and they'd have to plan weeks ahead of time and leave like go bags like all throughout the cave so they can keep getting supplies to survive until they make it to the other side. I mean. Mm. Native Americans used to do it for um, Spirit Quest. They used to go through the cave from one side to the other. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, wherever you come out, I mean, you may go, you may go in in New Jersey and come out in North Carolina or even Georgia or Florida. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. Unfortunately, in in Sussex County back in the eighteen hundreds, there were three siblings that actually went into. Um, 
the cave system and never made it out alive. The family lost all three of them. They got lost down there. They never recovered the bodies. Hi, Harold Richardson. Nice to see you. Yeah, I don't know if they got lost or if they got eaten. Oh, that's terrible. I don't want to think about that. I know. It's, it is terrible. It's just... I mean, it's a possibility. I Even as a kid, I wouldn't go into a cave, a cave, underground cave or a cave that... I don't know where it ends up because that's just asking for whatever monsters may be down there waiting for you to come down. Like, it's just, I don't know. Personally, I mean, I don't mess with caves unless I unless I had a huge group of people with me. Well, I, would I wouldn't mess with either, caves especially ever. when they're tight, con confined spots. Like in the first book, I wrote about uh, a, a Boy Scout leader that took his... Um, well, I guess the, his scouts on a, an outing to do this cave exploring thing, and um, he got entrapped. His he slipped and his leg got caught in between two rocks, and they couldn't get him Ooh. out. He ended up dying of a hypothermia. They tried for hours to get to to get him out, but they couldn't, and they didn't have the means to keep him warm, and he ended up of succumbing to the cold and and died, unfortunately. So I, I've heard similar stories, and it's always a sad thing to hear stuff like that. But Waz actually just said, uh, "Jeremy, have a look and check out Canuck Canuck Chase in UK, Bigfoot, yeah. Black Eyed Kids, and Wolfman Creature Spotted. Your kind of place." Which uh. see, Waza, when you come on again, we're going to talk about that now. Just saying. And Harold says he hasn't investigated a cave yet, and I don't no blame way. Harold. Yeah, that would be interesting to hear about. I'd love to find out what you uh, unearthed while you were there. I mean, if I go into a cave, I am bringing a damn shotgun. Because I don't know what the heck I'm running into in that cave, and I don't want to take chances. But, I mean, I had someone from the North American Dogmen Society, or mm -hmm. North Dogmen, on my on my podcast and like some of the stories he told about being in the land between the lakes up in Wisconsin is terrifying. Really? Like, and if dogmen live in caves in the east of coast, then I don't want to run into one because I don't feel like having my body shredded to pieces. Mm. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's creepy, but I mean, I Jeremy, love dogmen. I can't hear you all of a sudden. You're talking, oh, but I, I can't think I. Uh, whoa. I'm up internet. in the mountains, so my internet might be might. We have we're having a rainstorm over here, so sometimes the Same. rain kind of gets interferes. Any with, better? Um... Can you can hear, you hear me, now? me now? Because I can't hear you. I can hear you fine. Jeremy, Hold on. Um, are you there? Wait a minute. Should I try and leave the studio and come back in, maybe? Hello? Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm going to try leaving the studio and come back in, maybe. Can you hear me now? Okay, now you're frozen. Yeah, there we go.
Hey, Eleanor, you there? Yeah, I don't blame you, Harold. I'd be scared of caves, too. <laughs> I, I mean, I am. I wouldn't go messing around in one unless I had a really good reason. But, ah. It looks like Eleanor lost Wi-Fi signal, everybody. Well, she dropped off. Hopefully, she gets back in. My signal's not the best either right now. So, I mean, it is what it is. My guest has lost internet connection, I'm guessing, so we'll see. So yeah, while we wait for my guests to come back, please be sure to check out Monsters Among Us for the more about the mirrored men. It truly is a creepy phenomenon. I mean, is it men in black oriented? Is it UFO alien oriented oriented? Like who knows? Like it could be a lot of different things. I don't know what to tell you. And it interests the hell out of me to no end. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So please check that out. And in case she doesn't get back on, please make sure to check out Eleanor's books, Sussex, Sussex County Hauntings, Parts 1 through 3. Be sure to check out Warren County Hauntings, and I believe she wrote a fantasy book as well. If I'm, if I'm remembering right, I'm not sure, but it, if so, please check them out. They're all on Amazon, just or go to eleanorwagner.com. Feel free to check them out. And you all know where to find me. I'll do that now in case she doesn't come back on so we have more time. But it's just, you can find me on Facebook as Paranormal Living Normal slash Maniacal Music Music Podcast as Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. And you can find me on the TikTok as Juggalo Bastard Podcast. And you can find me on YouTube as Paranormal Living Normal. All my videos are uploaded there as soon as the episode releases. But let's see what... I don't know if I'm able to get back on, so I'm just going to end it here. It's been a long episode anyway for you guys. So thank you all for watching. I appreciate it. And for all my listeners, I'll see you in half a week. Thank you. <laughs>